Welcome to MPO Sports Podcast AFL Edition. Uh, now I'll just start off before introducing anyone, my little bit of a torment. And this goes out to a certain club that I think have got ahead, well, their supporters have got ahead of themselves. Um, I woke up this morning from the strangest dream. I was in the biggest army that I've ever seen. We we're marching as one on the way to Mount Hotham. Yes, Melbourne, you got ahead of yourselves. Lower teams have worked you out. Now, when you come against the um, better teams that are above you or they're, well, they're not above you because you're on top, but in the top four or six, you're going to have to lift your game because some of these lower lights have made you look like a one-trick pony in the last month. So it's time to smarten up, but uh, more so the fans, because I know of at least half a dozen that the lid is off. And let's know if their track record, as a St Kilda supporter, our track record is the same. Until you get the runs on the board, I'd leave the lid on. That's just my bit. Anyway, welcome, everyone. Aaron, how are you? I'm going well. Jeremy, how are you? Uh, g'day, Tim. How are you going? Um, I was looking at the run sheet here, and it's saying Mel's Minute of Mayhem. You sure, <laughs> sure we don't want to rename that just before we start? It's, min- <laughs> it's Minutes of Mayhem. Minutes. It, might be, it might be a month. Un- uncapped minutes. Anyway, um, how are you, Mel, before I uh, introduce your mayhem segment? I am good, but in six. Um, oh, get it out of the way early. Get it out of the way early. <laughs> All right. Um, how, how many, just before we move on to your mayhem, um, how many titles have they won? Well, oh. we haven't won one for 50 years. <laughs> how many prior to that? One. Four. Um, but is that two? Oh, right, cool. I, so you got I, you got a fair way to catch up to the Lakers. Anyway, moving I on. I believe I believe they're the reigning defending champions as we speak. As we speak, with um, not as great a history as the mighty Lakers. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Mel, your minute of mayhem, which could turn into thirty or forty or fifty minutes of it. Go. Okay, gentlemen. When I heard the news via media on Sunday about Geelong's home game not being moved back to Cadinia Park, my heart sank. I literally cried because of the work we had put in towards this request. To add insult to injury, the AFL didn't even formally contact us to advise us of the, of the decision, which says a great deal, I would have thought. Their first excuse has always been crowds. Due to capacity at Cadinia Park, you can't play the big four, so you have to play them at the MCG. We don't have any crowds. Still can't get a home game back. Their second excuse. It'll set a precedent. Well, however, AFL, in 2020, our game was scheduled at the MCG versus Hawthorne. It was moved up the fixture to round two and was moved from the G to Cadinia Park. Therefore, the precedent's already been set. Their next excuse. We're playing a neutral game at Cadinia Park that weekend. Well, this is now not happening. So why do neutral teams anyway get chosen over the home team for their own home game, especially when Sydney has requested the G as their choice, their first choice? Then we move on to their next excuse, the one I hate the most, contracts. Their outdated contracts have been broken many, many times, especially over the past couple of years due to COVID with games venues changing on the win. So let's move on to their following excuse and the most ridiculous excuse of them all, LED signage. Well, we all know, and if you don't know out there, 
LED signage is electronic, it's digital. So it can literally be moved simply by using a USB stick to any venue across the nation. We're on to the fifth reason, or maybe it's the sixth reason, I've lost count. They've asked Richmond Football Club for permission. I just have no words. Why? Why, why, why do we need to ask Richmond Football Club for permission to play our home game at our home ground? Their excuses have been breached. Their contracts benefit some clubs at the expense of others. The AFL are prioritising contracts, other clubs, and their own agendas over integrity, something no other league worldwide does. It's insulting, it's unethical, and it's corrupt. We were promised if we redeveloped, we'd get more home games and a home final. We've only asked for one home final. Most clubs get two home finals. By 2023, we will have completed stage five of our redevelopment, which began in the late 90s, 90s, sorry, as a vision of the late Frank Costa and managed by Brian Cook. The capacity will increase to 40,000 plus some standing room. So the AFL have lied to us. As a club, we're shattered, we're frustrated and perplexed. We feel disrespected and insulted. We feel distressed that we have many stakeholders, the government, club, board members, Costa, our Ambition Foundation, partners and selected members who have all contributed to paying for these redevelopments or to increase capacity to ensure 11 home games and a home final, as promised by the AFL. People say to me on social media all the time, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it, guys, even some so-called Geelong fans, for me to let it go, stop fighting. But a few years ago, we only got seven home games at KP. And if it wasn't for me and the club continuing to fight, we wouldn't have had that increase from seven to nine. So everybody, I ain't stopping. It's the hill I'll die on. Every year, we work so very hard to earn the right to play a home final. For us, and only us, finishing top two gives us zero advantage. We won't get a home final. What we will get is the home final at our opponent's home ground, essentially gifting a lower team a home final they didn't earn or deserve. What our club, staff and players want is to play not only 11 home games at KP, but to experience a final with our people at our fortress, with our jumper and our colours. We want, we crave what other clubs who earn a home final experience, how much we want that, how much we deserve that. The club is now publicly focusing on the 21 flag, but that doesn't mean we will stop, nor ever will we stop fighting for this cause. I will not stop fighting. That includes media coverage, legal advice, conversations with MPs, the AFL, club CEOs, etc. It's a great deal of effort. We do not need more practice on the G. We play there enough and have a very sound record. This isn't about winning. We can win or lose anywhere. This isn't about accepting this decision and simply saying the AFL will never budge. It is what it is and throwing our hands in the air and being defeatist. This is about the principle. It's about what the Geelong Football Club, its stakeholders and loyal seat holders and players deserve. Most of all, it's about integrity being paramount in this competition. Are we done? All very valid points. Yeah, I applaud and I applaud and thank you, thank you, Mel, for sticking your neck out. 
for not only you and the club, but for us supporters as well. Even some of us who are a bit, little bit more blasé about it. Uh, yeah. So, so we are, so we are glad you're here and glad you're sticking your neck out. Can I just, because obviously, people, listeners won't see this, but obviously, you guys have got the visual. I would just like to officially wait a minute. Now, what's going on here? Take my hat off and bow <laughs> because that was quite a moving um, spiel. Look, guys, I get emotional and I understand that <coughs> I get that I'm upset and you can probably hear it in my voice shaking a bit. I have been working on this for near on, well, near on a decade, <coughs> um, you know, with the club. Um, we, we don't um, publicly make too many ruffles. Um, we're not... We don't have an Eddie Maguire, Jeff Kennett type leader. Our leader's very measured. Um, he's very calm. He likes to do things in the background behind the scenes. But be assured, Geelong Football Club members that do believe in this fight and this cause, and I've had a lot of DMs this week um, that have been really lovely and positive, um, that we are fighting and we will continue to fight because we've done everything the AFL has asked us to do um, and we're distressed where this leaves us. Um, so I understand that there's more important things going on in the world, so please don't think that I don't know that. I do. However, um, for this podcast and for this particular topic, um, yeah, I, I get very um, invested and emotional and I think that people don't know the facts, which also frustrates me a hell of a lot. And what I just said then is the tip of the iceberg of what I could get into um, behind the scenes of what goes on at the AFL with not only um, the inequity of this decision but many decisions. And I recommend everyone to read a book called The Boys Club so that you learn a little bit more um, about the atrocities that go on behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, we'll continue to fight. And to those Geelong, so-called Geelong fans, uh, Tim's holding it up. You can't see that, listeners, but he's holding the book up now. Um, yeah, and to those yeah, so-called he's read, so those so-called Geelong fans that give me a hell of a hard time and have made me lock my Twitter account, I will keep fighting and you will not shut me up and shame on you for not caring enough what your club want and what your members deserve. I'm, I'm curious, Mel. I've got a question. Um, uh, obviously, our CEO, Brian Cook, is outgoing this year. He is. Yes. So there's an incoming CEO who works for the AFL. How, how big a part do you how big a part do you think Steve plays? In this particular topic? Yep. Yeah, I think that Steve won't get in, um, as involved as Brian, but thankfully for us. Oh, I mean, I mean as, in, in his present guys. In his present in, in his present in, in, in his, his present, present role. job. In his present role and his present job at the moment. Okay. So he's How much his, of a role do you think he plays? So he's left the AFL now. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess that he's just having some time off until Brian is ready to leave, which I believe is October. Um, and then he'll come on board as the CEO. But luckily for us as a club, um, Brian will be staying on. 
And Brian yep. will be working on what he has been working on for um, since the 90s, which is the redevelopment of the ground, um, which I mentioned in my mayhem. So he'll still be around. Um, but Craig Drummond, um, our president, is also um, very positive about 11 home games and a home final. We, as a club, don't sell games. We don't want to sell games. That's not how we want to make money. We want our money to stay in Geelong. And we, the reason that, you know, underground rationalisation, we kept our ground um, was because we wanted to represent our region. We are Geelong. We're not from Melbourne. I'll repeat that, everybody. We are not from Melbourne. Um, we are a regional club and we're representing our people. So this is, this is about our people. And most of our members are Melbourne-based. We recognise that. So we understand that there is a market that people do enjoy going to the MCG. But at the same time, we play a lot of away games at the MCG. And also at the same time, being a Melbourne-based um, member my whole life, um, along with many other Melbourne-based members, we want what's best for the club. We're happy to drive to Geelong to watch our club at our fortress with our people, just like West Coast do, just like Richmond do. Um, and I challenge everybody out there who doesn't barrack for Geelong, who rolls their eyes every time this topic comes up, that if this was happening to your club, how would you feel? How would you feel, Richmond supporters, if you had a game taken away, your home game, taken away from the MCG and made to play on your opponent's home ground, not Marvel against... Or Marvel Stadium for that matter. Yeah, they, I mean, they, you know, they kick up such a stink about playing at Marvel Stadium, but they're playing a neutral there, you know. If they're playing their home game there against St Kilda or Footscray, I get your point and I'm on your side. But at the moment, what you're saying is we don't want to play at Marvel, why should we play at Marvel? But, oh, no, it's okay for Geelong to give up their home game and come and play us on our home ground. I mean, it's hypocritical. Uh, and I suppose just, just, getting back to, just getting back to Steve Hocking, I was just wondering how complicit do you think he is in these decisions? He's currently yes, unemployed, Jez. Oh, well, what? Bloody hell, Jez. He wasn't the job for a few years. <clears throat> He's so, unemployed what? now. I said, no, so I'm just asking. I'm just asking how, how complicit do you think he was in his tenure yeah. Um, any, any of those decisions? Yeah, so Hock um, has been with the club, obviously, as a player, as we know, didn't get to that 200-player game. Yeah, and a footy manager, wouldn't he? <laughs> but as a footy manager, as an administrator, um, so never as the CEO as such. Um, so it will be interesting how he takes this on, but I can tell you, I can guarantee everyone out there I'll be in his ear, um, you know, and... I'm sure the club will be as well because our stance hasn't changed. We're not as vocal as the Eddie Maguire's or Jeff Kennett's, as I mentioned, but, um, you know, that doesn't mean that behind the scenes we're not fuming right now. The club is absolutely um, upset. We're dismayed. We, we're baffled. We completely think we've been hard done by here and I think that most people... <coughs> Most educated people in the football community would agree with us on this one, that there was absolutely no reason why this game couldn't have been moved to KP. And what saddens me the most is that this weekend, 
There's not one single game being played at Cadinia Park. So it's that easy to move this game to Cadinia Park. But, you know, and don't get mm. me started on on reports from Caroline Wilson. And oh, Caro. Hey, can, can I <laughs> just point out? Fell, fell off your chair watching for the classic. Can I just point <laughs> out three advantages of the Cadinia Park precinct, please? One, is Ripper Roast still opposite it? That was all, <laughs> yeah, that's always a good yeah. v- venue to get a feed. And Lord of the Isles, don't forget Lord of the Isles. Oh, yeah, and the Lord of the Isles. Barlin Club's just down the road a bit too, if that's still Barland operational. Club, yeah. yeah. West Palm is in town. And if you're heading over towards other parts, towards the ocean, you've got to go somewhere in the vicinity of the place. So why not call in and watch a game of football? Look, another point that I probably didn't raise in, in my mayhem, and I told you this would go on for a month, is that... We lose money. So every time the AFL moves a home game from Cadinia Park to the MCG or wherever they decide, um, we lose between seven hundred and fifty thousand to one million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, because yeah, because we own the grid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because we have members and seat holders who fill that ground. Now, with COVID. With a lot of clubs, it's not just Geelong. We're all suffering right now. And it's it's imperative that we keep our members because members are integral to the future of, of our football club and everybody's football club. And members have been great across the board. We've got membership records all over the place. Geelong's a different situation where if you want a seat, to ensure a seat at the club, you have to be a member. So having a membership and a seat is a financial impact for the club. Now, if the club can't get enough home games, people go, oh, you know what, it's not worth my money. I'll just maybe buy a membership or, you know, I'll buy I'll buy ad hoc seats. I'll, I'll mark out one or two games I'll go to a year. It's, yeah. it, it's costly. And the AFL are not only costing us home ground advantage, they're costing us money. And it's wrong. It's corrupt. They treat clubs differently. The big four get treated differently than the rest of the competition. Now, Footscray and maybe St Kilda will find out this year, um, and I should put Essendon in that, although, no, I won't put Essendon in that. We don't like Essendon on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) They will find out this year that if they make finals, they too will be in the same situation as Geelong where they'll have to play those finals at the G. Mm. Now, Footscray <laughs> and St Kilda might say, that's okay, we're happy to do that. But Geelong aren't happy to do that if we earn a home final. So my point is 11 home game. every club should get 11 home games and those 11 home games can be any anywhere you want them to be played. So if St Kilda want to play all of them at Marvel, fine. If Footscray want to play them all at Marvel, they should be able to. If Geelong want to play them all at Geelong, <coughs> they should be able to. If North Melbourne want to sell them to Tasmania, to, to Cairns, to friggin' Mars, I don't care. It's their choice. But when it's the return game and the away game, you must be prepared to play that at your opponent's home ground. Richmond, I hope you're listening. So yeah. do you see do you see the hypocrisy? Well, what I what I liked, and it's a little bit off what you were trying to angle on there, but what I, I did like that you brought up is the financial strain if you don't have the game there, because 
Woody and I have had this discussion. I think it might have even been a little bit briefly after the game, Gold Coast and um, Greater Western Sydney at Mars. And we both were saying when they finished building all the stands, that would not be surprised if the Western Bulldogs or Footscray go as much as 50-50 with their games in Ballarat because they could probably make money out of make money out of filling the Ballarat Stadium 100% at more than what they will at Marvel at two-thirds full. Well, see, this is, I mean, this is the problem that, you know, um, I think affects the club the most and affects Brian the most is that, you know, we, back in the 90s, the late, great Frank Costa, you know, said to the AFL when Brian joined, um, joined the club and we weren't in a very good financial position at all. We were $7 million in debt and the great Brian Cook got us out of that and we won three premierships and here we are. Um, they said back then to the AFL, we want our region on the map. We want our region represented in the AFL. We want to be a serious um, contender in this competition. What do we have to do to get more exposure in Geelong, to get more home games in Geelong? And the AFL said, well, you need to make your ground safe. You need to make your ground um, compliant with all OH&S um, facilities and you you need to make it aesthetically nice for the broadcasters and you need to make it bigger capacity wise so we've done that over the years by the end like I mentioned by the end of next year we will be extending the grandstand from the Brownlow stand right around to the Hickey stand which for people who aren't familiar with Cadinia Park is the city end of the ground yep um, that will all become seating and we'll have a small section, I think it's about 2,000 still for standing room. It will include restaurants, it will include lounging, um, bars, all of that. So it'll be schmick, I'm telling you, it'll be beautiful. Just uh, for um, all your listeners, all your, all your, all your listeners, that's, the, that's pretty much the end where uh, the box where Billy stands and drinks VB. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. It's, yep. um, yeah, so it, it's um, it's city, and you'll often hear the train go past and the and the church at the in the background. So um, it's that end. And once that's completed, as I said, it'll be forty k. Let's all let's all put that in perspective. GWS Giants get preliminary finals played at their ground, and they only have a twenty four thousand capacity. The SC- and they have about twelve thousand fans, though. Well, they actually have um, 40,000 members now, I think it is, or 30. Um, they get A-League crowds, though. But I think what people need to remember is that when they play Richmond there or they play Footscray there in a preliminary <coughs> final, people want, want to go, not yeah. just from Greater Western Sydney. They come from Melbourne and they, they pack the place out. Now, if the AFL is serious about Victoria... Um, it being a Victorian final, so all Victorian finals have to be at the bigger venue, which is the G, then they need to do the same at at Sydney, which would mean they need to move those games to the SCG, and they don't. They make rules as they go. They make rules on a whim. They make rules to suit themselves, and they make rules to suit their outdated contracts. with. What's what's the capacity of the Olympic Stadium that they've played games on before? Compared to the um, SCG, it'd be uh, it's bigger. About, it's about 80,000 now. So it's what bigger. Uh, 80, oh. 85. Yeah. So if they're serious, they get that ground upgraded and they pump in 80-odd thousand in a final there. 
Yeah, but they're not serious because no. they use Geelong as a scapegoat. And as we talked off air, I mentioned to you guys that if there's a final series and all the interstate clubs make the finals, bar obviously bar a couple Victorian clubs, we're going to have a situation where interstate clubs are going to have to play a home final in Melbourne. And that's when everyone will go, uh-huh, I see what Melania has been saying all these years. She wasn't just whinging. This is a real thing. It's a farce. These contracts are that outdated. The AFL have to have the balls to put integrity before anything else, just and like every other competition in the That's world. where your argument falls apart. I've agreed with everything you've said, but you keep talking about the AFL having integrity. And no, I'm saying when was, have to have when was When was the last time they really showed any integrity in any decision? Well, they pick and choose when they have integrity. Exactly so, right. They make stuff up as they go all the exactly. time. Exactly. And, you know, you won't hear that publicly from Geelong, but, you know, we know we know what's, what's happened here. We can read between the lines of what's happened here. They've given us, what did I read out, five, six, seven excuses. We've rebutted all of them. Um, and then they come up with the, well, we spoke to Richmond excuse. What's it got to do with Richmond? No, exactly right. Absolutely Richmond, are, Richmond are listed as the away side, so they go wherever the game's scheduled. Yeah, they go and if, they go and they if Geelong's the home side and they want it played at their home ground, to where it should be played. Well, mm. if they were completely corrupt, Gil would have set it up for St Kilda to win the flag, so he's not completely corrupt yet. <laughs> but, uh, but another point I want to make out about our home games is that each year Geelong um, get nine home games now, only now. A few years ago it was only seven. We get nine home games now. Now, out of those nine home games, they're all interstate games. And then we get St Kilda, Melbourne, mm -hmm. sometimes the Bulldogs. In fairness, it's been a while since St Kilda's yeah. played there, we though, had, too. Well, so. We had, uh, had Essendon in in a couple of weeks ago. I'm not so sure. We did have Essendon a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but before that, we hadn't had them since 1993. No, we hadn't. No. That's what I was going to so say. Carlton played Geelong there last year, and that was the first <clears> time in about 25 and you years. Wouldn't have had St. Well. And you wouldn't have had St Kilda there for probably 10 years? No, no, no. Not that long. Definitely not that long. Maybe I reckon. Two, maybe two or three years. No. no. We have St Kilda quite regularly. But no, I'll check I'm, that. The I remember. I'm, I think Tim and I, Tim and I got um, Tim and I got hammered from twelve noon onwards for a night game, and ended up stumbling across to Marvel Stadium Correct. for a Geelong home game. I think. Correct. And I, I don't think we can actually <coughs> recall what the result was in that game. That's neither here nor there. Oh no, that was the game that I think was a draw. I think it was. Yeah, it was a draw. That's yeah. right. Stevie, <laughs> just Stevie J stuffed it up late, and you <laughs> we can win the game. We can just, we can just, just on an unrelated, unrelated topic. Well, um, our, our, our coach Chris Scott. Now he cops a lot of flack, and he, he copped oh, even from our own Jeremy. Oh, no, he, he copped a lot of flack for uh, <clears throat> for winning a flag in in twenty eleven. <laughs> All I all I hear is he was gifted a flag. He was gifted a flag, yeah. which 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 is absolute bullshit. Of course it is. Because yeah. uh, at the end of twenty ten, we were pretty much shot. Yeah, the co we had lost our coach. We had lost our best player. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we were, were too old, too slow, all of that, and went on to win the flag. And I guess and guess playing finals every year isn't for everybody. Is it? <laughs> no, playing not. playing what? Playing finals, yeah, exactly. Fine. What, what are they? Yeah, yeah. fill me in later. I'll have to catch up. <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, and also shout out to Chris because 
I don't, I don't think any other coach in the, in the league handed back his wage last year. No, that's right. I mean, people have such a um, misunderstood perception of Chris Scott. He's a very selfless individual. He's that passionate about the Geelong Football Club. It actually brings tears to my eyes. He, yeah. he reminds me very much of Joel Selwood. He loves this club and he wants the best for this club and he's just as passionate about this home ground um, movement <coughs> as we all are. And Chris is similar to me in, in that he's not as measured as Brian Cook with this. Um, he would love to say more than, than he's allowed to. Um, but, you know, people don't, you know, a lot of the football public don't, um, don't take that very well, whereas... Yeah. Whereas I love it. But I've heard him say. I've heard him say at numerous press conferences. He says, "I, I work for the. I work for the players. The players don't work for me." Yeah. So have you heard him say? Have you heard him say stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. He. Yeah. He's um, you know, he doesn't feel his roles any bigger than anyone else's. Um, That's better than our than other coaches that say <laughs> making finals isn't it? Uh, not not making the finals wouldn't be a failure. But anyway, um, just just a tidbit. Um, I was closer with my estimation from last time St Kilda played Geelong at Cadinia Park. It was seven years ago. I said ten, and I think your couple of years ago is a little bit uh, lopsided, but that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Well, let, me, let, me, let me get to the point I was trying to make with that. <clears throat> is that we play interstate clubs? They come to Cadinia <clears throat> Park, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we all understand why. Um, but my feeling is is that the same teams, the same Victorian teams, North Melbourne, St Kilda, Footscray, those types, have come year after year and not complained about it. They not for seven come. years. Not for seven years, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But you get what I'm saying. They're on the rotation <coughs> and they don't complain <coughs> about it. They come, they do their best. And they get they, whooped and they go home. And they, <laughs> yeah, and they go home. But my my. My thought process to the AFL is that it should be rotated between Victorian clubs, and that and that shouldn't be hindered by the big four. I'm sick of the big four. They should come to Kidney Park just like St Kilda and North and all the rest have to. Yeah, what I'd like should to see. be on rotation. Yeah, what I'd like to see Kidney Park. I would like to see Port Adelaide where the prison bars oh against God. Geelong. At Cadinia Park, oh, and all I can yeah. say is, and then the week mute, after, Collie would come button, to Cadinia Park. Where's the mute button? Where's the mute button? <laughs> <laughs> Don't my, get me started on Port Adelaide. No, my, my point is, I would like to see Collingwood forced to play at Cadinia Park, and Port Adelaide be allowed to wear the prison bars the week before, so they're a little bit feisty when they come to play. Look, I don't agree with the prison bar push, but I do agree with that Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon, Carlton. I don't care. They've all got to play yeah. at Kidinia Park. They've all got to play in Tasmania, and that's life. So it shouldn't it shouldn't be that some clubs, because they have less less number of members, have to play at Kidinia Park, like North, <coughs> North etc. Yeah. Oh, for instance, uh, Old, Old Trafford competition fair. Old Trafford in Manchester. Now United have far more members than say fifty, sixty thousand, don't they? Oh, look, United's, United's probably yeah. got the biggest um, following world 
across the world for a club in soccer. Exactly. So it's fair to say they would have more members so, so than they're what not, they can fit. They're not making they're, they're not making the capacity of their ground two hundred thousand so they could fit all their members in, are they? No, that's right. Exactly no. my point. The thing is, though, integrity. what? Which other club in the AFL <coughs> doesn't get to play their home games at their home ground? Which which other club is forced to play their home games at a venue that's not of their choosing? The answer is none. I reckon. The answer is not none. The answer is one. No, I said which other one? Yeah. Oh, so Geelong yeah. is the only one. And I know, like Carlton, for example, and a few of the other Melbourne-based <laughs> clubs, they play games between the MCG and Marvel, they but they've decided to do that. They've signed yeah. contracts with the MCC exactly. and with Marvel to exactly. distribute their games, and that's at their own choosing. It's not of our own choosing. <laughs> exactly right. That's my point. So why why do 17 other clubs get that that perk, but one club doesn't? Aaron, been asking it for decades. Anyway, that was a great uh, minute of mayhem. I, I think we've, 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 well, we've just ticked <laughs> over a minute 10, I think. More like an hour 10. But um, <clears throat> all I can say is I'm pretty sure even at times St Kilda's had a home game at the MCG because of who they were playing too. I, but I, it's also they've signed contracts to have so many games at Marvel and so many games at... But these contracts are so outdated, Aaron, and they benefit certain clubs. <clears throat> Exactly right. Expensive other clubs, and it's not right. And and you know, it's almost a money ball situation where you've got your your, your stronger clubs <clears throat> that seem to have more <clears throat> push and more weight with the AFL than other clubs, and it's not fair. Yeah, we're we know, not in this yeah. competition to appease Richmond Football Club. That's All not right. what we're here for. We know, yeah, the, no, we know the true. AFL can we know the AFL can pivot because that's what they're doing right at this very moment is pivoting yeah, that's right. to get okay. to get teams. All okay. in the, all in the country. Work, so, Jeremy. They just won't. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I think summarising what Mel's had to say <laughs> is <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> you left a mess for Gil, and Gil, you've done nothing to fix the mess, the, the old mess. So, can you, someone please fix it? Give Geelong their eleven home games and possibly a final if they finish high enough, whatever, and we'll all be happy. Now, Thanks, moving Jim. moving on to um, our next spot which is the last two spots of the eight. Who's going to get them, guys? Who's going to get the last two spots? Well, if the last three or four weeks have been any indication, <clears throat> no one actually wants them, do they? No. Teams, every, every time a team's had a chance to jump into the eight or solidify their spot, they drop the points. And it's gotten that bad now for the teams that um, are in the mix that Carlton's only a win behind them. So it's just absolutely ridiculous to think that Carlton is close to making the eight, um, and it's because the teams around them keep dropping games. Can you imagine if Geelong dropped games and they end up finish fifth and Richmond finish eighth? Where do you reckon that fighter would be? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. <laughs> Jeremy, oh, no. hit the mute, please. Hey, mute yourself. You are doom- mute. Jeremy, you are muting yourself for that's, 30 seconds. That's Go. Absolute, absolute doomsday. doomsday in, the sin bin. in the sin bin. I mean, I've been bin. Um, well, you look at just the, the way <clears> that... I'm talking. Just look at the way <laughs> the ladder was last week. If um, the Giants had have actually beaten Sydney, they would have jumped up from 12th to 7th. So there's a bit of a logjam there. 
And also, um, too, while you're that, there, that loss a- for GWS really, uh, really, really hurt them. And yeah. how much, how much of um, that loss is to blame on the <clears throat> the farcical beginning <clears throat> of the game with players being dragged off the field and. If reserve players. The truth about that, but we no, but that's right. It. I mean, so they, they had mean, to bring in they had to bring in guys that had played the day before, yeah, um, that weren't me. weren't prepared or expecting to play, and then Sydney run over the top of them and kick something like eleven of the last twelve games. Yeah, don't tell me that that didn't play a factor. <clears throat> Please, AFL, if you find out this information, tell the Cubs first before you and, call anyone else. And, and from our perspective as well, GWS winning that game would have been absolutely perfect because it means Essendon would be outside the eight. We wouldn't have to listen to their supporters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, Woody, also <laughs> too, a a, another example of teams not wanting to play finals, St Kilda's low percentage, They were the round previously, they were gifted the opportunity to go into the eight by beating a team, even with a shit percentage, and they still screwed it up. And they still didn't <clears> take <throat> it, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, for, just for a serious minute. If I'm looking at between 6 and, and 12 right now, Sydney's a lock. I mean, we all know how I feel about Sydney. I've got a little bit of a love affair with with, um, with their game style. I just think they're brilliant. They're a realistic chance yep, of so um, top four. And, and to be <laughs> honest, I can tell you what, out of every team in the eight, they would be the least I'd want to play. Um, but we should, we should have beaten them comfortably when we played them up there. That's another matter. Yeah, that's another. That's another. Um, Listeners, tune in the next Geelong Football Club podcast, and you'll hear all about that. No, 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 I wasn't blaming. I wasn't blaming the kick either. I was blaming the seventeen behinds that kick. Oh, I was kind of blaming the holding the ball decision, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, no, please so, don't. Please don't. Um, let's talk West Coast though. What's <coughs> does? Can someone put a finger on what? their mental attitude issues are. I'll tell you. Okay. There's there's one song that sums it up by the late, great Tom Petty. They're free-falling. They're an absolute Mm. rubble. I think we get that they're free-falling, but but the question is why. It's definitely not talent. It, It seems to be some sort of mental attitude. I don't know. Are they flat track bullies? Do they only play well at home? Well, that's the thing, Tim. In in recent years, like the they they always win ninety percent of their home games anyway. And they're not even normally win, now. They, 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 they normally win a couple on the road, but now they're dropping they're dropping home games and they're still not winning on the road. So yeah. <clears throat> there's something something's definitely shifted there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they could put their finger on it, they'd obviously address it. But, um, <coughs> yeah, they're definitely in danger of um, slipping out of the eight. Now, for mine, um, Richmond, you don't like to talk about them, um, but they have to win pretty much all their games. <coughs> now, I'm thinking most of their games are probably going to be scheduled at the G at this point with all this mess going on. Um Regardless of it, they probably would anyway, but let's not go there again. So um, do we think Richmond can get into this final series and how much damage will they make in it? And let's please not talk about where the venue will be. All right. My my first answer is put a line through them. 
I um, oh, especially actually, Dusty's out now. Correct. So. That's where I'm coming from. I don't. We we don't know what they're like without Dusty for a period of time. We know he's missed the odd week, but I think. Well, I think I know. I think I know <clears> that I'd have an extra flag um, <laughs> at my football club if he if if he didn't play last year. <clears> yeah. And I think he's, let's say hypothetically, he's played 289 games, hypothetically. And I think he's um, missed, he's, sorry, he's played, he was being able to play that amount of games and play 280 or something. So over his career, he's missed bugger all games. So Richmond don't know what it's like with no Dusty over a period of time. Yeah. And the thing is with with Dusty is that, um, first of all, I want to wish him well because it's a really nasty. Um, scary injury that he he got. Um, so let's wish him well there. But secondly, um, he he can play several several roles. You know, a kind of a forward role. You know, a, a mid push up forward role. He, um, and I think that will hurt them because he's almost like two players. Um, and obviously, he can finish off. I know better than anyone that he can do that. So. It will be interesting to see how, like, who can cover him. Obviously, no one, no one's Marlon, but who can? Who are they going to use try to try and cover that that kind of two position play that he plays? Yeah, look, you you, you might cover him eighty percent, but who's the guy that's going to be able to do that? I don't know. That's my question to you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think they've got anyone that can do both. I think they've got players that could do one side of his game but definitely yep. not both sides of his game. And I think that that might, um, you know, that might hurt them. However, Richmond are Richmond and I never feel comfortable um, that, you know, everybody, you know, at all this talk on social media that they're gone, you know, this is the end of the era. I haven't jumped into any of those streams because I just, I don't believe it is. I mean, maybe this year, yeah, maybe they might miss the finals or just scrape in and not do much damage. But I definitely think they'll be back next year. I, I think I we're all just think hopeful they don't make it this year. <laughs> I think it is a hopeful thing for sure. I think their key movers are ageing a bit. So it's very hard to be up there with your older players with the experience, your prime movers for any more than four or so years. So... Um, Unless you're Geelong, really. No, but I mean, but I mean, that. I mean, playing grand finals in that four years. I know Geelong have played a couple, but what I'm getting at is, look at Brisbane. They were that four year period, the four, fourth year, they were war torn when they got to the grand final. I'm just wondering if we're looking at a similar situation for Richmond slowly because injuries for the first time have hurt them a bit this year as well. <clears throat> and usually when yeah, you get they've that, they've been very lucky with injuries. Um, they have. And it's and, really cool. The clubs them. around them have been very unlucky, which has made them <clears throat> luckier. But yes, yeah. But this year it kind of has set them back in the pack because they have had multiple injuries at the same time. However, I am I am really sick of hearing that that's you know that Richmond have injuries because everybody has injuries. <clears throat> I um, actually think it's an aging process is the problem for them. Anyway, it's a lot of things, and in this and in this post COVID disastrous shit pit we're in at the moment. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of staff, doctors, you know, um, physios, support staff as well. <coughs> and you see across the league that, that um, clubs and players are suffering because of it. And the soft cap took a hit, didn't it? Yeah. A massive hit, $3 million. Mm. Yeah. That's right. So have we got a bit of a 
sort of a, an agreement on who we see falling into the eight in the because it's, it's literally going to be falling. I think I think West I think West Coast and I think Richmond will sneak in. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking Essendon and Richmond. I actually think he's a dreaming of Richmond because I've got a line through him. But um, are you going to say spasmodic St Kilda? No, I was. They were realistic chance until last week. I was going to throw them up. Oh, um, their, percentage, their percentage is like an extra game. Their percentage is no good. And if they had a um, one against Port, it wouldn't have been a factor if they kept winning. But I'll tell you what. They, the thing is, the difference between their their um, their good football and their bad football is is vastly different. <coughs> And you never know what you're going to get with St Kilda. The big, the big difference is the last six, uh, since the bye, they've been consistently having Ryder and Marshall on the park together. And that's been the big difference. So we, with St Kilda. Oh, so certainly will. St Kilda's, St Kilda's next two games are against West Coast and Carlton. If, if they drop one or both of them, then they're they gone. definitely they're gone. And, and if they win them both, <clears throat> if they win them both, um, they've probably earned their right to get there. Because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll get there if they deserve it. Well, that's <clears throat> right. And I think the next two weeks tells <laughs> us that. If you if you're beating the teams around you that are vying for those same spots, then you definitely deserve it. Let's <clears throat> talk Fremantle for a minute. I know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, this will sound very geocentric, <clears throat> but it was just such a clinical performance by us against them. That, it, that I think it was more about how well we played as opposed to how bad they played. I'm a big fan of Fremantle and their young kids, and I think I think Fife has really improved recently in Monday. Yeah. Can, I, we, can we just talk about Monday? Yeah. This man is Benjamin Button, and I just love everything about it. And um, he's just signed on for another year again? He's just signed on for another year, and if I was a Frio supporter, I would have signed him <clears> up. <throat> one of them signed up for three. I mean, it just gets better and better. The, the bloke um, is 36 years old and he's every chance to win their best and fairest. Yeah, it, it's an incredible story. And when you think about it, um, listening to a program on radio today, um, they were talking about interstate players having a shorter career span than, say, a Victorian player because of, because of um, travel and that sort of thing. So it, it makes it a bit, you know, like even more remarkable um, that Mundy is hitting this milestone. I just, I just love him to pieces. I just think he's such a great player, but also he seem, he, he just seems like he, he's such a good bloke to have around the footy club. You'd love to have a beer with him. Um, just on Richmond's run home for a sec, for you guys that think they're going to sneak it's in. Pretty, it's pretty cushy. Uh, oh, bullshit, it's cushy. They've got Geelong. Right after but, that, after that is pretty cushy. They got Fremantle over in WA, mm. and they've got um, Geelong at the home No, but they still got Geelong, and Geelong are a better team this year than them. So I've got no doubt Geelong will beat them. There's three of the last five games. They're a realistic chance of getting done. Geelong, Fremantle over there, and then you have got GWS wherever they decide to play. It obviously won't be in Sydney. You'll but, probably at the G. Well, it's meant to be an away game, so who knows if they're going to make oh, we'll, we'll marvel then. <clears throat> do, do Richmond care about away games? Their away games become their home games. I don't know how uh, they do it, but they're magicians. Don't be surprised <laughs> if that game's played in Cairns or somewhere like that away by the time. Well, you know what? It's so hard to talk about what's going to happen because it's literally changing as we speak. That's right. 
I'm just saying Rich, Richmond are no Monty of winning um, enough games to make it with that draw. No, I, 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 I'm with you there, Tim. I think <coughs> they, they might only win two look, more games and that probably won't I'm, be enough. Even though I said I think it happened, I, I, I hope more than most they don't. I was just being I, I'm saying I'm, I'm going out of limb. I'm saying put a line through them. I don't think they can do it without Dusty. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. All right. Well, I think we've discussed the two spots. There's a lot of controversy, so let us know on social media your thoughts, people, on who finishes in the last two spots. This is the MPO Sport. This is the MPO Sports Podcast, and I hope you're enjoying listening to our AFL edition. This podcast is edited on Audacity, and would like to thank Zaggy2 for the music. And now I'll take it back to Tim, Aaron, Worf, and Mel. <clears throat> the next question to discuss is, and it's quite topical because there's been a bit of stuff in the media even as early as yesterday about this. Um, Clarko, where, why, and when? Now, what's been in is there's been a bit of a leak that they're saying that Sammy doesn't want him overseeing him next year. So, uh, I think you'll find the truth. The truth, some <clears throat> in most instances, the truth is somewhere in, somewhere in the middle. So we uh, know this, but it's also a good discussion point. So, so I, <clears throat> I feel like yes, the plan is that Clarko is there next year, <clears throat> and then Mitchell takes over the year after. But I'm tipping there's also an agreement in place with Clarkson where Hawthorne have said if you can get an offer from another club, we're happy to let you go. And to be honest, so th- I they don't have think... to let him go because of the soft. Cap, they That's can't right. afford to pay him out. And I, I don't think <clears throat> anyone really could say with any confidence what's going on. Uh, my gut feel, though, is that he'll probably end up at Collingwood. That's... Okay, so I'm going to say this and say this once and hopefully never have to repeat this ever again. But Tim was right when he said that Jeff Kennett has more power at Hawthorne Football Club than we think he does. Mm-hmm. He has essentially <clears throat> sat Clarkson. I think it's a dumb move. I think it's a disrespectful move. I think it's the wrong move. It's an ego um, move. I'm happy about it. <clears throat> um, but uh, in my opinion, if you want it, boys, is that he'll see out his contract and then after that I believe he'll probably take a year out of footy um, and then come... <clears throat> 2024, he'll get a role elsewhere, but I think it, I think it'll be a different kind of a role. It might be a director of football kind of role, <coughs> or assistant role. I'm just not sure we'll ever see um, Alistair Clarkson coach at senior level again. Can I just, um, on the back of what you just said there, Mel? Can I just wind us back to our first one when we made that, um, you know, who's under the pump? comment at each club and I, I reckon I did say Alistair himself was under the pump and did say that he'd be out the door potentially. Now does it mean I'm right because we know he's out the door even though he's not out the door this year? I think what I said at the start of my statement was I'll say this once and I'll never <laughs> say it again. So I'm not going to say <laughs> it again. <laughs> no, well played. Well played. I got Kane on social media. That's it. I got caned on social media about that. And I also got caned about Liam Ryan on social media. And oh, funny God. enough, what's Liam Ryan done this year? Anyway. Look, <laughs> let's let's put it this way. At the beginning of the year, 
we said we had our thoughts and we said our predictions and I think I'm up to about 98% of mine are correct. And you're and, and you're you've just got one right and good for you and Oh come on. The one I the one I got was like rolling bloody thirty-eight on a roulette wheel, thank you. <laughs> You've done well. You've done well too. We will have to address readdress those predictions uh, at some point. I personally think it's a mistake <coughs> it's a mistake by Hawthorne to do that in yeah, the first place. Yep. What, what uh, you got the best coach of going around past fifteen, twenty years or so and you just get rid of him for no reason as far as I can so see. If you're going to get rid of someone and it doesn't matter what the reason is, you need to be sure that the guy you're bringing in is better. Yeah, and they can't be sure of that. But also, yeah. um, <coughs> Sam Mitchell, he was interviewed today um, and he said that he is sick of all the, all the talk about you know, there's tension between him and Clarkson and they hate each other and all that sort of stuff. He tried to tell the football public that they've worked together for near on 20 years and, you know, it's disrespectful to say that they've got a bad relationship. However, mm. I I don't like handovers. I don't I don't think they work. Essentially they don't work. I know they have it, I know they have quite nicely at Sydney. Um, but I think he does want clean air. I think, and I think that's only natural that Mitchell would want clean air. Um, but if I was Hawthorne, I'd be saying, look, soak up everything that Clarkson can teach you next year. My problem with Hawthorne's handover is that he won't be in the box watching the AFL. He'll be at Box Hill coaching them. So it's not it's not a traditional handover as such. It's almost they're almost separate. He's and almost grooming the young kids for the year after, isn't he? Yeah, it's 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 a different kind of handover. It's not like Clarkson's handing over his brain power to to a raw Sam Mitchell sitting next to him and and feeding off him. He's not even going to be there. So it's not a handover in my view. <clears throat> It's a sacking. You've sacked the coach. Thank you've you. You've sacked the four-time premiership player. Yes, Tim. Sorry. You've, you've, no, no, thank you. No, it's not about that. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of a disagreement. One of our members on this panel, I won't name him, was discussing with a Hawthorne supporter about how Clarkson got sacked. And that Hawthorne supporter is trying to say, no, he wasn't sacked, blah, 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 blah. So well, just, just to explain the HR terms here to our listeners... There are things called fixed-term contracts, right? If an employer decides not to um, either extend or renew your fixed-term contract, at the end of your fixed-term contract, you are sacked. So it is a sucking. I mean, essentially, they've, they've, they've said to what people dub as the greatest coach of all time and, you know, a four-time premiership coach, they've said to him, we are not renewing your contract. Hmm. We have yep. chosen an untried coach over a four-time premiership coach. Uh, the bottom line is they sacked him. So to me, if I was Clarkson, and I'm not, but if I was, I would be like, mm, they've chosen an untried coach over me who's brought them ultimate success repeatedly. I'm being sacked. They're not renewing my contract. That's the same as being sacked, isn't it? No, I think Jeff, Jeff, Jeff always wanted to outlast <coughs> Parko too. <coughs> 
Emma, just, Clark, <clears throat> Emma Clark, I didn't see Ottawa. I just don't see. So, as you alluded to earlier, Mel, you said that Sam Mitchell said that <clears throat> he's worked with Clarkson for near on 20 years. <clears throat> so, how can they have a bad relationship? Now, I just don't see the point in any any journalist or any media representative asking Mitchell or Clarkson or anyone related to Hawthorne what the relationship's like between the two of them or whatever because they're all going to toe the party line. So it's just a yeah. redundant question. Yeah, that's probably true. And, I'm just relaying what you said. And, and my second point is, given the fact that they've worked together for nearly 20 years and bar a couple of years Sam Mitchell's <clears throat> known no other coach... What are you actually getting with Mitchell that's different from Clarkson? Because I'm tipping 90% of what Mitchell knows is what Clarkson's taught him. So it's not really a fresh face. Either. <clears throat> it's just more of a continuation, isn't it? It's just a face that had a holiday for two years, really, or three years or whatever. Yeah, I just, I just don't I mean, see... We'll never, we'll never know what's, going, what's <clears throat> happening behind the scenes or, or what conversations have led up to this. And, and a lot of people are saying it's because they, you know, they were hasty <clears throat> decision because they felt Collingwood was going to, you know, steal Sam Mitchell away, which could be true. Um, but at the end of the day, they've they've said to a four-time premiership coach, we're not renewing your contract because we've decided to go with Sam Mitchell for our future. So what's that say to people? To <clears throat> me, it says that he's been sacked. Yeah. Um, just See, that's the thing too. If they go on, if... if um, like you've said that you don't agree with it anyway, the, the sacking or removal of, of Clarkson. Well, I don't agree with um, it. I just don't like... I, I, oh, I yep, don't um, like handling yeah, Yeah, I don't think too I many think people do, but it just hand, I think it's just been handled poorly anyway. And even so, if, <coughs> if Hawthorne have put this in place because they're worried about um, Collingwood coming in for Mitchell, that's... That's also a bit poor, isn't it? Like they've they've made a rash decision based on something they think oh, another yeah. club might do. If I was a Hawthorne fan and that was the reason, that would be filthy at the club. That's just irresponsible. But it is. It must be the reason because why? Well, the way it all lined up suggests that it did. Why did That's they right. rush it? They had no need to rush it because it all, it all coincided with each other. Yeah. So it points to that being the case, which really just shows. Um, a, a desperate club, in in my opinion, which is hard to think that you know a, a team that's been so successful the last fifteen or twenty years, by the last five, really, um, it, they're just they're worth, just desperate for relevance. I think at the minute, and for what it's worth, Hawthorne are playing bloody good football, and you can see what, <coughs> you can see what they're develop what they're developing. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> well. Just on um, a, a few of the football um, public's opinion about Clarkson being the greatest coach of all time, Kevin just rang me and said hello anyway. And um, just on the Clarkson <laughs> thing, uh, I believe Jeff will still say don't let the door hit you on the bum as you walk out the door when it, when it's all said and done. I'm Here pretty sure Jeff's going <clears> to <throat> be the one packing his office for him. I think Jeff will push the door shut before he gets out the doorway. <clears throat> Um, but, uh, yeah, look, end of the day, that's Clarko in a nutshell. We can only sit back and watch. And just remember, I was right. Well, and and all, uh, all, Mel and I, all Mel and I have to do is just sit back until, uh, until we just hand over the club to Matty Scullett. 
Uh, do, don't even go there. <laughs> do not even start I me on that. I don't know whether I should go there because I'm a big Chris Scott fan. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I want Scotty to be there forever. <clears> and can, can I just say... He, he, he won't be there forever, unfortunately. T- talking about Chris Scott, can I just say, look, I have yeah. been an absolute critic of him because of some of the stuff um, he said in the past and that. But can I just say, this year, I've grown a bit of a love for Chris. I actually think I might yeah. be re- I might be reading him properly now where I probably wasn't previously. And, um, you know, I'm actually starting to appreciate Chris Scott. So yeah, He's always very measured in what he <coughs> says. And, uh, pe- people fair. take it as a window. <coughs> they get it. He's mm. very fair with what he says, but sometimes it's <coughs> taken out of context. So... Last year, he said um, he said that Richmond would were beatable, or was it the year before? I can't remember, but he said they were beatable. Now the Richmond supporters absolutely lost their minds over it, but they are beatable, and they were beatable because we had beaten them a couple of rounds, you know, prior to that. So I think that's what he was referring to. But people people kind of like think he's being a smartass about it, and I don't know why. He has been coached a little bit in the media sense so he has toned a little a few things down here and there um but i yeah he he's definitely misunderstood <coughs> he, he's that passionate about geelong football club it's not fair, <coughs> but he's also very passionate about um equality in the competition which is something i really appreciate because as you know from my mayhem i'm all about equality and integrity for all in this competition no one is more important than anyone else and look mal if you can ever pull the strings and chris wants to give us five minutes we will be nice and polite to him because we we actually <laughs> respect him we actually respect oh, oh, seriously i have really gained a respect for him this year and i do apologize for all the negativity i may have said to- i'll get in a bloody shirt and tie if that's <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but if Chris wants to ever have a yarn with us for five minutes or the whole episode, we'd love it. Um, moving Not sure on. they would love it, but okay. <laughs> well, you never know. He might get a laugh. He might get a laugh. It's a casual thing, and we'll be on our best behaviour for any guest. Anyway, um, our next port of call is overrated players, and this came out of a bit of a conversation that um, Woody, myself, I think Jez, or was it Phil was in it maybe. It was yeah, in that group in <clears throat> and um, someone pointed out that they believe Nick Natanui's overrated. <gasps> a bit of a one-trick pony. Um, so we sort of thought we sort of thought let's look at overrated players. It doesn't mean we have slagging the players. It's more so probably the team's supporters probably think they're better than what they are, or so the media thinks it's better than the what they are. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, when just... I saw this on the run sheet, I thought this is strange because we always talk about underrated players. It's yeah, easier so... to talk about who's underrated than who's overrated, don't you think? So yeah, I just let, I... let's not get confused though. <clears throat> overrated doesn't, doesn't mean, mean bad you think the player is no good. <clears throat> if 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 you're saying someone's overrated, you're really more having a crack at the um the media or the media or the supporters rather <clears throat> than the player. Mm. Yeah, so has anyone got any players reminding that we aren't slagging the players? It's just a discussion point of who they think may be an overrated player. Um, I'm going to name two. and Yep. Although one has probably this year started to show a bit more and maybe live up to some of the hype, and that's um, unfortunately Jake Stringer. His last four or five weeks have actually been... 
worthy of the hype that BT has put around him the last however many years. Coincidentally, his contract's up at the end of the season. Coincidentally, he signed for three years today. There you go. There you go. And the other one who's probably a similar type player and has just been flashy and hasn't brought much resembling consistency is Jordan DeGowie. And most of that stuff is is brought on by the media, I think. Him and Stringer, um, him and Stringer, are very similar, aren't they? Well, that's right. They're, they're, they they're play a similar players. role. They're a similar size. They play a similar game. Um, and yeah, they just neither of them have really brought consistency. Um, but the hype around them has suggested that maybe they are. Anyway, I refuse I'll... to talk about Jordan DeGoey on principle. However, Not fair enough. Um, I have a couple, but I think one will probably I'll probably get a fair bit of feedback on. Well, um, hit us up, hit us up. We're willing to listen. Yeah, controversial <laughs> male tonight. When am I? Um, so, Danaher. Yep. I yeah. Think, fair I, call. I think that. Um, I think that on the on the draft table, he was clearly overrated. Um, or should I say the trade table, he was clearly overrated. Um, but going to Brisbane, he did start to show signs um, of being, you know, really invested in the Brisbane lifestyle and, and, you know, he took some cracking marks and he was kicking some great goals and I thought, oh, here we go. He was certainly um, overpriced when they got him because he yeah. hadn't done much for a couple of years. I, I and you know what? That's that's no <clears throat> fault of his own. If someone's willing to pay you more money than what you're worth, oh, that's not your it. fault. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but now that Hipwood, unfortunately, is injured and, I, I look, I really think Brisbane are such a great side, but, you know, losing Rainer and Hipwood is, is massive. Um, come the pointy end. But now that Hipwood is injured, this is his time. This is his time, isn't it? Like, you know, Danaher needs to really take hold of this forward line. So I'm not saying he can't do that because, you know, there's um, still a number of games to go and, of course, finals. But for mine, he he gets a lot of media attention because of his name. Yeah, um, so a lot of it too. Like a lot of the stuff with him too is not entirely his fault. I mean, he's been smashed by injuries his whole career as well. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of that hype, as you said, was was because of his name, and he showed a lot early. Um, and I think he's really only played the one full season and had the one full preseason, and I think he kicked about seventy goals that year. But that's about eight or nine years ago now, probably, and people are still clinging to that. More- like I, I still think he should have been, he should have done more for Brisbane this year. But especially now that Hipwood's out, he really needs to um, control that forward line. Yeah, absolutely does. It's set up for him now, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally set up for him. So, so I could be wrong by the end. By the end of the year, he he he'd probably prove me wrong. Well, but I think it's his chance to live up to all that hype now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the other one I've got. Is this a controversial one? This is a controversial one. <clears throat> Because the guys, the guys won a Brownlow medal. Um, oh, shame where, shame I love where this is going. Shame oh, where it doesn't make much sense, and I'm going to get. Uh, no, I love oh, where this is going. Bills pick the Bills pick the, the low hanging fruit. Shame where Woden hasn't played for about fifteen years. No, no, no <laughs> let's okay, not interrupt. Go, go, go for it. I withdraw. I don't have a second. No. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, 
Oh, God. Tom Mitchell. Yes. You got a lot, yes. of, you got a lot of friends on this podcast. You know what? You're nomination. not going to get any argument from myself or Jesse um, at all. But he gets about 50 possessions. They might be backwards and sideways, but they're 50 possessions. I mean, this is what everyone, this is what um, a lot of Geelong fans, I'll say, on social media get into me about, about Chook Constable at Geelong. They're always like, get him a game. How come he's not getting a game? I don't understand. But I watch the VFL every week. I'm not sure that they do. He gets 40-odd possessions, yes. Um, are they all, always good possessions? No. Does he have a defensive side to his game? Unfortunately, no. Um, now, Tom Mitchell is Tom Mitchell. He's won a Brownlow medal. He's clearly a very good player. He's clearly a connector. accumulate so much of the ball but when I walk away from the game from watching Hawthorne when I hear oh you know Tom Mitchell got 39 possessions <clears throat> I think oh wow. when did he get those what did he do with those yeah you forget um, he's out there yeah. I thought, yeah I forget that I forget that he's there and I'll do my best I mean it's just something <clears throat> when I watch games I always walk away and say okay who's my best out of that game um, and often he's not, but then, you know, um, you see on social media or whatever, you know, 39 possessions and this and that, and the commentators will be like, Sam Mitchell was everywhere, and I'll be like, well, okay, where was I? What was I watching? So sorry, Tom and Hawthorne supporters. <laughs> I'm not having a crack. Clearly he's a great player, um, Yeah. But, Mel, there's players at a lot of clubs where you, there's certain players you don't care if they get 40 possessions because... No, of course not. And because of what they do with it. This is my <clears throat> argument with, with Savratoglia. I'm, I'm a big fan, as we all know. Um, and, look, he's playing his 50th this weekend. <clears throat> 22 years old. He's he's young. He's a big man. So he's, not even, he's not even close to the finished product. No, it's going to take him that long to develop. And I watched Tom Hawkins at the same stage, and I can tell you Sav's ahead of him right now. So I think we've got a real player on our hands. Like we've got some, you know, someone there. But everybody always, you know, on social media, I mean, <laughs> I lost a follower recently. He said to me, you know, you know, you know, you don't know anything about football. The guy got four possessions or he got eight possessions. But that's not what he's on the ground for. He's not on the ground. No, to that's get right. Position. Exactly right. And that's he's the thing. The that's the stats, eh? He's that's... on the ground to smash packs. He's on the ground to create ground ball. He's he's on the ground to contest. Yep. He's on the ground to use his body. He's big hmm. his body and slamming. So, so that that actually perfectly sums up sort of what we're talking about with overrated players. Um, yeah, on the opposite that. end of the spectrum, though. So with. Stats. With Tom Mitchell, everyone looks at that possession column and thinks, oh, he's getting 35 yeah. to 40 every week. But yeah. it's what you do with him and it's what you do outside of that. Radigalia might only get four or six touches, but he's crashing six or eight packs as well and he's bringing the ball to ground. Yeah, but the bottom line is that um, clubs have role, like roles for players and I hate to, you know, use cliches like that. But, but it's true. Team meetings are all about, <laughs> Your role here, your role here, you'll come in here, you'll do yep. this. And all, and none of it, I've got to say, none of it is about you've got to get 20 possessions here or you've got to get, you know, 15 handballs this quarter. It's not a, 
it's never about that with, with the role of a player. It's always about you've got to create a corridor or you've got, yeah. to, you've got to create space yeah. or you've got to create the link-up and the chain. <clears throat> so yeah. it's never ever about the stats. Now, the stats obviously <clears throat> help us with other things like fitness or rotations or, you know, where a player might be better suited against a, a, a certain opponent. But... <clears throat> In Tom Mitchell's case, and for what we're talking about here, the topic of overrated players, he, he gets overrated because his stats are elite, but his impact isn't. I would, yeah. on, and on that, I would much rather 20 possessions from Sam Pepper <clears throat> than 40 from Tom Mitchell. And can I just say, to end it, Brad Close never wastes a possession. Ever. Yeah. Look, Radic- I'm, I'm oh. glad you brought up Radigalia as well because he is he he is looking all right. He does yeah, just just on that. Like um, he's on a, you, on a good track, you, but thank um, you, Aaron, but he's, everybody um, on social media says to me, "What would you know? Sav's no good." Um, but just, he's honestly he's not not quite at the Jack Silvani. What, what sums it up? <laughs> what sums it up, guys? Is how often in years gone by? You look at the media votes for media awards and that, right? And say the highest person from your club. Um, doesn't do any good in your best and fairest because they do their best and fairest against the game plan and other yep. parameters. You know, what role you play? Another controversial com- <clears throat> comment while I'm on to them <laughs> is I think a prime example is the Norm Smith in 2017. Yeah, it should have gone to uh, Bully. 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 Every, <clears throat> every football consumer <clears throat> knew that that was Hawley's medal. I'd even argue Rance had more influence on the game than um, Martin, to be honest, because it's the first time I've seen a defender getting manned up by bloody forwards for a long time in that yeah, first Martin, half. Martin kicked, <coughs> a few go- Martin kicked a few goals late when the result was... And in, was, in, was, in, was in, the, in the same category, the guy that won the 2015 Norm Smith medal fits into the same category. Um, just on just on contest, Woody, um, I watched because I watched the Melbourne game when they oh, beat... I think, yeah. Okay. When they beat, um, oh, no, not the not the Hawthorne game, the game before, who they who they beat, <coughs> they beat Bris- Brisbane or the Doggies or something. Yeah, um, and Ben Brown came back in the side. Yeah, and I got and I got a text from someone. Oh. What ben, what Ben Brown only four touches? What's going on? But I actually watched the game. He smashed just a lot of fact, Just for <coughs> the fact that he was in the side is the reason. It was the reason why McDonald was getting marks, and was the yep. reason why. Was a reason yeah. why Cody yeah. Pickett was getting crumbs. It's all, yeah. it's all strategy, Jeremy. It's strategy <coughs> and um, you know, possession possessions are nice. And it and it it does make a midfielder look better, but unless you're using that possession to to create a score, I'm not quite sure that <coughs> having 40 which are chip kicks back and forth or, you know. Yeah, a cheap handball at the back. Yeah, soft, you know, nine-metre passes and stuff like that. I, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's almost like, and I, I would never say a bad word about Tommy Stewart, but he gets he gets a lot of possessions, at, you know, <clears throat> as a half-flanker half because he, he can chip the ball around and reset you know, for us. So he'll get a lot of possessions. And while it's great and we all, you know, I don't think even opposition people could say a bad word about Tom Stewart. 
he actually has an effect on the game, though. <coughs> yeah, he's good. He's a pen- he's penetrates. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. just he's more, more yeah, positions. An attacking defender. <coughs> positions are pretty Thank good. If, positions are pretty good if you're trotting around at uh, over thirty-five Masters mm. from Maribara. Yeah, I'll give you the oh, all right, I, don't yeah. mind, I don't mind them at all. Yeah, just one parting on com- the wing. Just one parting comment on the overrated, right? Stone me because you probably are with this comment, but it's not about any individual player. It's about a style of play, right? <clears throat> I believe intercept marking defenders are overrated because if you're smart bringing the ball into the 50, you null and void them. What happened to the old-fashioned body-to-body, punch-the-ball defender? I, I think teams get oh, yeah, found out. A lot, of those, a lot of those players are put back there loose. Yeah, but I, I think that is overrated. I'm sorry. I, I think really some do. Well, <clears throat> actually reflective of the play of reading the play. Um, but a lot of it is just two teams bombing the ball in. But you see some of them actually <coughs> get in those positions because they have read the play. A lot of it is coaching strategy, though. So yeah. Yeah, I just don't rate it because I think in finals... It's where the um, you know the intercept marking backman doesn't necessarily yeah, when the heat's on doesn't necessarily play up to what they have in the I first twenty. I don't want to sound you know, <clears throat> biased and all that sort of stuff here, but with as far as intercept marks go, like the the loose intercept marks are <clears throat> generally because <clears throat> they're they're playing that role or the, the entry coming in isn't isn't good enough. <clears throat> but you see guys like Liam Jones and Jacob Wiedering, they take contested intercept marks. So they that's still different play, again. They, that's what I mean. They still play that accountable role, but they're they're taking those contested intercept marks. So we need to differentiate between those two <clears throat> things. And that is Melbourne's Achilles heel. Their back line is based around intercept marking marks. and yeah. loose marks. Yeah. And that's where I think in finals, just they on that party note, out. they will get fined out. One I more, think. one more overrated. I haven't given mine yet. I got <coughs> All right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we got so I captivated. Got, I got one. Um, uh, Woody. <coughs> oh, I know what he's gonna. I know who's gonna say. <gasps> uh, Woody, are we sure? Are we oh. sure? Are we sure? Sam Prochesky Pr- 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 <coughs> season is that good? Oh no, it wasn't. Who I um, <laughs> you know what? I I can say wholeheartedly that I do not rate him. So <coughs> I can't say personally that he's overrated because I don't rate him. But I don't yeah. think he's overrated because he's not he's not overrated in the in the football public. Gets a gets a senior game every week. I can't I can't recall last time it was. I dropped. thought you were going to say Patrick Cripps. No, that would be fair. That would be fair. Because Woody can't stand him. No, no, no. It's not that I can't stand him. It's just that I I expect that a guy getting paid that much and he's paid to lead the club and be the captain, I would expect that you get more out of him. Yeah. Anyway, back to Sam Petrescu's seat. Um, he gets a, he gets a game every week, but he's never. Done, I've never seen him do anything to wow me. No, nah, like there was it. one game a few years ago. I think it was in his first or second year. We played yeah, Essendon Freeman. in the wet. And he he was the best on ground that <clears throat> but that's one sure one game in four or five years. So Teague must rate him for some reason because he doesn't put him <clears throat> down to the twos. No, he's never a medical sub. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't understand. I don't think he's done a lot to deserve a lot of his he's games. <clears throat> he's playing a role. <laughs> uh, did did David <laughs> yeah. Jeremy? Did David Teague give him up for um, adoption years ago, and he feels guilty or something? He must have something on David T. He must have some photos or something on him. Well, that's how overrated people. Um, Talking about overrating, I've got Nick or Jack, question mark. There was a a question put up on um, 
social media, who's had the be- who's got the better resume or career. Now, a lot obviously said Jack because of three premierships. Well, to me, that's probably a bit of luck being in the, the team because we know how hard they come by. So that's a bit of luck being in the team. Does that necessarily mean he's had a better career just because he's got three premierships, which is a team award? Um, so, look, for me, I still think Nick's the better player, better um, career. But what do people think? I think when you're talking about this sort of stuff, you need to separate the question. You need to define which one you're asking. Who's the better player or who's had the better career? Because if you're talking about who's had the better career, then Jack would get it because of those three flags. That's what every player plays for. So most players would take a career that's got three flags over one that's got none. As far as who's the better player... Um, it's just a no contest. Nick is, like, don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying that Jack's a terrible player. He's kicked, what, 800 goals or something? It's free for everyone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's paid 800 games, kicked 300 goals. <clears throat> um, but would you say that Jack Rewald is one of the best full forwards that's ever played the game? No, you wouldn't. Would you say Nick Rewald's one of the best centre-half forwards that's ever played the game? Yes, you would. Well, the answer with the full forward question is, um, he wouldn't even be allowed to stand on the same park as Tony Lockett. That's the difference. Exactly right. Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be in the top fifteen or twenty, would he? Like you could rattle off so many names before you get to him. Um, yeah. And that that Nick is so so much better. He had was much better player than than Jack Rewalt. He's better leader, um, just more talented. And that's not a knock on Jack. Um, by any means, it's just really just how good Nick was. And I think if you asked Jack the same question, he'd probably say cousin Nick anyway. Yeah, I think if you line them up, if you line <clears> them up <throat> side by side in the draft, I think you'd draft Nick. If you're in the schoolyard and you've got to pick the yeah. last pick each, you're going to pick Nick. Yeah. So I just looked at the question, Nick or Jack Rewald. Immediately, it was Nick. I did, there was no contest for Nick. Um, but the consensus, and this is the terrible thing about Aussie rules football and the AFL competition, is that success equates to a premiership. So um, people will always say, you know, it's like it's like the age-old question that we get on social media all the time. Who Who's the better captain, Trent Cotchin or Joel Selwood? Well, we all know how I feel about that. But I think most people can understand that Joel Selwood's definitely the better captain. But oh, I was going to just say, sorry, um, Joel, but we know it's Trent. But anyway. <laughs> well, of course you were. but you know. <laughs> um, I don't rate Trent Cotchin. I, think, I think that strengthens my case. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, because he's won the premiership, <clears throat> but clearly Joel's the better captain. So I, I look at it in the same like, <clears throat> public, like, at the end of the day, everyone's going to say, well, Jack's a three-time premiership player. He's also a three-time Coleman medalist. He's a great player in his own right. So and he's a three-time not... All-Australian. So he, he, look, he, he has achieved a, a great deal. But going back to, you know, <clears throat> who would you pick first? Well, back in 2000, Nick Rewalt was the number one pick and Jack Rewalt was the 13th pick. So I think... We can start there <clears throat> and then moving forward, you know, Nick, for me, Nick was fearless. I thought he was, fear, <clears throat> he was fearless. He plays, he plays, in my opinion, the hardest position on the ground. 
and he um, revolutionised it too, didn't he? He he, yeah. he made <clears throat> it be played a different way. Yeah. I suspect um, um, Mr. Harvey helped him as a mentor early on with the I'll fitness look, and stuff. But, yeah, that, that's courage. The courage isn't just jumping into packs. The courage is the courage to run. There's courage to next to get to the next spot as yeah. well. Plus uh, to play in duress, which he did a yeah. lot. Um, he, he was obviously a leader. Like, obviously, he was the captain for what was it? 11 years, maybe, or something like that. Oh, it, was, it was a fair while. Well, that's um, the thing, too. When <coughs> was he it broke for all his record. Um, who was the coach there? Was it, the was it Grant Thomas that when he went got there, he was rotating the captaincy every year? He did for a while. He yeah, had, he, had co-captains right. and rotated. That's right. So he, he was, <coughs> he was going to rotate the captains every year, and then he got to Nick and he thought, hang on a minute. Yeah, there's no one compared. Probably um, in that group of captains. The next best was Hamill. I think for oh, I think for mine, as well. I think for mine with Nick as well <clears throat> is that um, as a Geelong member going to the grand final in two thousand and nine, sitting down, <laughs> <clears throat> hoping, praying that we would get that flag after the heartbreak of the year before we won't ever talk about again. I my first thought was. We need to, if Harry Taylor can beat Nick Rewalt, we'll win this game. And I think that epitomises how important Nick Rewalt was to his team. Well, well, that's the thing too. Back then, you'd play St Kilda and you think we need to stop Nick Rewalt. When you play Richmond even now, is Jack Rewalt the one that you say we need to stop? It's Martin first. Exactly right. So so Jack Rewalt's not even the best player in his own team. No, but Nick, Nick kind of bobs up. Uh, Nick, bobs up because carried, Nick. Nick carried his team and Harry <clears> did <throat> beat him in 2009 and we won the flag. And I, I think that contest between those two players was just as important um, as the toe poke. He had a little bit of help with the weather, but he did beat him. Well, the weather, the weather, the weather was wet from start to finish. Correct. So I was at the game. I know all about it. I understand that, but um, you know Harry Taylor still still outmarked him and did so. Let's not take away from Harry Taylor either. What my point is anyway. My point is that um, going into that grand final, my thoughts were we have to beat Nick Rewalt to win this premiership. I don't have that thought. Last year, my thought was not we have to beat Jack Rewalt to win this premiership. It was yeah. we have to beat Dustin Martin to win this premiership, and we didn't. He spent the last three years uh, taking the second-best defender. Yeah, well, that helps too, doesn't it? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, with that um, game you're saying about Nick Rewalt, there was two factors that helped along that day. It was the, a freak, the weather, um, Harry Taylor, and a, a poster being given a goal, but we won't um, dwell on that. And Shout out to Tommy Hawkins. And, and St Kilda, Kilda's wasting opportunities. Let's, let's put it into context. The game was over already and no one was on the goal line and he was miles out and it dribbled over the line. If it had been in play and the game was still on, it wouldn't have been a goal. Okay, I agree. <coughs> we have to agree to disagree again because the weather, yes, the weather wasn't great, but it wasn't great for both sides. Yeah, but poor weather always helps the defender over are, the forward. Are you, guys, forward. are you guys forgetting <clears throat> this was 12 years ago? 
Anyway, anyway, let's agree to disagree and know that I was right and you're wrong. And we'll move on to the last thing. The last thing didn't that even mention didn't even mention St Kilda frittering away opportunities in the first half. Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. What Please. about all those missed goals? Oh, look, if, you, if, you're gonna, if you're going to mention one, second. you have to mention one as well. Oh, what about sorry. those missed goals that you... Yeah, that and you I know how often does Adam... I know. How often does Adam Snyder stub his foot when he's kicking for goal because well, he's a bloody good know, player? How's that Geelong's fault? I didn't say that was, but how can you say that a, a clear post that it was given a goal didn't affect the game? Anyway, anyway, Finally, we've got to the end of all our questions, but our producing type person wanted us to quickly discuss what's currently being discussed about draws, whether they still should exist or, uh, whether, or whether or not we should be playing extra time. Perfect the way it is. Perfect the way it is. Four points, get two. Other team gets two. Uh, move on. For the love of God and all, all things holy. How long does a game of footy go for? Long uh, enough. <clears throat> Too long. Long enough, too long to finish it off. But if you're not good enough to be in front after 120 minutes of play, why do you deserve another chance? The draw is a great feature of our game. Absolutely it it is. And it is a result. It's a result. (coughs) It's a draw. It's two points. Two points. If you if you were good enough to get four points, you would have you would have been in front, wouldn't you? There's three results that can happen in AFL footy home and away. (coughs) Win, lose, or draw. (coughs) It's still a result. Yeah, it does not need to be changed. Yeah, it's perfect the way it is. I hate this argument. Yep. There's, there's there's a few rules in footy that can't be touched. <clears throat> the bounce, the father-son, and the draw. Yeah, you don't yeah, touch yeah. them. Yep, yeah, no, yeah. I think we're all agreeing through that. Yeah, and look, I, I um, personally think the draw should stay. Um, yeah, so that's about it. So we've got to the end of yet another ripping, um, another ripping discussion, and yeah, yeah, I'm all right. <clears throat> all right, I, I, I had a little bit of a nap before we started. <laughs> Just before so, we sign off, I want to say thank you guys for putting up with me oh. the home home game situation. Oh, are we are we about to start your minute of mayhem, Mel? Just before we go. You know what? You don't even need to apologise for that, Mel, because <laughs> one, of the, one of the things <laughs> that um, we love about you is your passion, not just for Geelong, but for all things football. So never apologise for it. No, I'm not apologising. I'm thanking you guys for giving me the platform to be able to express my thoughts, and I will be passing <clears> this audio on to um, certain powers that be um, <clears> because... There are some facts that people aren't aware of that they may be aware of now. Um, and if anyone wants to know more about it, they can certainly DM me. I know this topic inside and out and there's a lot of things I didn't even mention, but I just wanted to thank you for giving me the time and for understanding how much it means to me and the reason I get so passionate about it. Well, well Mel, no worries, Mel. Mel, whether you like it or not, you're part of the MPO family, so... We've we've got to we've got to put up with you like a. Oh, um, I, tr- I tried and I tried not to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. Uh, it, re- it really is all good. Since you're, uh, passing, bucks in <clears throat> since you're passing on audio, if you just pass on to the recruiting department that that I was playing um, 
over, over 35s for Maribor on the wing. That'd be well, great. It's, uh, it's the right it's age not. bracket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon I might get a gig. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Yeah, everyone can bag Geelong's age bracket, but you know what? We're, we're sitting. We're you sitting know what? Um, and look, it look, works, doesn't it? Look, oh, look, I'm with Chris. Yes, Chris. Yeah. Hey, look. Um, we can worry about we can worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, we we we're at least gutsy <clears throat> enough to have a crack. <clears throat> we yeah. have a crack, and even even <clears throat> though this this game this weekend should definitely be at Cavinia Park, I'll be I'll be um I'll be at the at the G greeting greeting my teeth and not saying anything. But hoping for the win. So, um, I just know, think if, if the Geelong happen. supporters want to send a message to the <laughs> AFL, just don't show up to the game this week. <laughs> and you know what? We're not going to. Well, <laughs> the fans aren't going to anyway. And, and uh, what, when, when, you're at the, when you're at the game, Mel, and if you happen to cross paths with Chris, just tell him the MPO family say hi. Okay, you're starting to sound desperate. That's one of Tim's finer qualities. <laughs> I want to just, uh, to just keep Badger and Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, leave, leave um, Woody, he's got a job what, to do. What are our um, social media uh, options for people? Yep, to so uh, hit us up by a Facebook NPO <clears throat> Sports Podcast. Search for us on there. Um, in a few days, I'll be able to post again, so we'll be able to get some more content out there. <laughs> yeah, couple more days to go. Um, on Twitter at NPO Podcast, and then our email NPO Podcast at gmail.com. And Woody, while you're there, if I was wanting to follow a um, Bundesliga team, who would I follow? Look, there, there's a few that come to mind, but the one that stands out for me is Borussia Mönchengladbach. There you go. There you go, people. That's the one. And um, I'd also like to plug Josh Watson, who will be already working on the previous recording earlier today, and then we'll be hitting him up with another one. And, of course, the lovely tunes, the, the, the velvet tones of Zaggy 2 that he utilises for the music. Other than that, it's goodbye from me. Bye, folks. Thanks for tuning See you in. guys. And we are done.